You are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned after it for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Welcome uh, to Mosaic on Christmas Eve. I'm uh, so glad you're here. If you're visiting out of town, friends and family, just want to open with a question here. What, what, what gift do you long for? You saw the video there. It's talking about gifts and, and longing. What gift do you long for on Christmas Eve? What are you, what are you longing for will happen maybe tonight or, or tomorrow? What do, you, what do you long for the most? Let me, let me tell you one thing I think we all long for, something I, I think we all desire, maybe even more than anything else. I think the kind of gift that we all want, something we're longing for, is something simple. It's simply this. We all long for good news. We all like good news. People just long to hear good news. It, it could come in various forms. Uh, it could come in different ways. But there's just something about good news when it comes to you. And there's a couple of things about good news that when you hear good news that I think are, I think are fascinating. When, when someone comes up to you and says, I've got good news it just makes you lean in a little more. Uh, it just makes you, uh, uh, you want to hear it. Even if you don't know what it is, it makes you, you know, listen in a little harder if you're on the phone, lean in a little more. Maybe if you're in a seat, maybe you, you click a little faster if you're online because we love to hear good news. And not only that, but even before you hear what it is, even before you know what it is, when someone says, I've got good news for you, not only do you want to hear it, but when you hear it, you want that news to be true. You want it to be true. Then we, we want good news to be true. Think about it. Think about it. What if, you, what if you read a headline that read this? For example, good news, scientists prove the more sugar you eat, the smarter you'll be. Scientists prove the more sugar you eat, the smarter you'll be. I mean, yes, someone says, amen. I mean, I mean, that's like almost the best news you could hear because not only would you be thrilled to hear that, but if you had kids, you would like never fight with them ever again at dinner. You'd be pushing sugar on them, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, like, a, like please, little Timmy, eat another Oreo for mommy, you know, that way you'll go to college, you know, uh, you know or how about this one? Uh, good news, good news, you just won the biggest lottery in history. What, you didn't buy a ticket? That's okay, we're just giving it to you anyway, you know, that would be, I think, good news, because we, we long to hear good news, we want good news to be true but 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 if someone says the opposite of that if someone says i've got bad news for you before we even hear it we do the opposite we both move away from it and we don't want it to be true like if some of you heard for example you heard that pixar was going out of business uh-oh, right. Somebody said, uh-oh. You know, it's like Blockbuster last year, Sears this year, now it's Pixar, no more Woody, no more Buzz. You know, that's bad news. Or, or if you heard that Amazon wasn't delivering to your doorstep anymore, and so you had to actually go outside the house and shop in person in a store, that would be like bad news. Unless, of course, you were like a retail, retail store owner, in which case... That's good news. That's right. So we long for bad news to not be true. We long for good news to be true even before we hear it. So, so when in the account of the birth of Jesus of Nazareth from the first century that Luke, the writer, gives, when an angel shows up, and by the way, don't let that word angel throw you there, if, because if there is, after all, come on, I say this all the time, if there's a supernatural creator who can somehow 
some way, by definition of his existence, create things like you, like me, whales, trees, I could go on, and surely he can create other beings as well, and that's what an angel is. So when an angel shows up to announce one thing, something from this creator God, why would we be surprised, because we love good news, why would we be surprised that an angel announces to a group of shepherds this from Luke 2, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you what? Good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Why would we be surprised by this? We love to hear good news even before we know if it's true. See, the angel says there is good news from God for all people. And this is amazing. I think this is amazing because usually good news, is, that's only reserved for certain people. Certain kinds, certain classes, usually good news, or a lot of times good news is only for the, the elite or the rich or for the powerful. It's good for some, but it's not for all. But here an angel says, no, God has good news for all people. Now, at this point, maybe some of you are having a hard time with this, with the God, with the angel stuff, and somehow, you know, because somebody uh, may have drugged you here on Christmas Eve, because it's Christmas Eve, right? Uh, if that's you, then welcome. We're glad you're here. But maybe you're doing just doing someone a favor. You're just enduring all of this tonight, especially me at this point. Uh, or you may be here, and you really are. You're really honestly wrestling with faith. You're wondering if this is all true, and I, I get that. And as a matter of fact, you should know that the writer of this whole story, this whole account, the guy Luke, he gets it too. He feels you. And, and at the beginning of the whole account of the life of Jesus, the, before even the birth bit, he, he shows you that he gets you. Uh, you know, if you're thinking that when it comes to this story, the point is if you're a skeptic, Luke's your guy. Luke opens his whole account of the life of Jesus, uh, of Nazareth, like this. We're going to look at a verse to show you that he gets you if you're wondering if this is even true. Look at this. He, he, he says this. He says, many have undertaken to drop an account of the things that have been fulfilled, or that have happened among us. I want to hone in on one word for a second. This word many there, it's a big word because this many, word many is so important because unlike today, where people write lots of memoirs. Unlike today, where people write lots of biographies about public people, and unlike today, where paper is cheap, right? Uh, the internet is even cheaper, and words are everywhere. In that day, in Luke's day, people didn't write accounts, stories, biographies of hardly anyone. I mean, how many biographies, biographies can you name from someone who lived 2,000 years ago? And if you did have one written about you, you have to catch this, it was only because you paid for it. You funded people to write about you because you were rich or you were powerful or you led an army or conquered people or whatever, and you had the final say of what went in because you paid for it. And there was usually only ever one account of you because it was easier for you to control the information that way and make you look really, really good. But here Luke says that by the time he had started to write his account of the life of Jesus, who was a person, by the way, who had no money, who had no power, who had not conquered anyone, who spent most of his life living hand to mouth as a carpenter. Luke says that by the time he had begun to write his account with only, within only a few years of the crucifixion of Jesus, he said, here, many have already written one. Huh. 
why would many people try to write an account of someone with no money to pay them, with no power to persuade them, in a time again where no one wrote about anyone unless that person paid you to do it? Well, the point is, I hope you can see that many would only write if many had actually seen something. Many would only write if they had actually heard something. So Luke says, Luke says, I'm going to do the same because something happened that was so good, it was important to get it right. He goes on to say, Luke 1, he says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have happened among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first, from the jump, as the kids say were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Luke says, there have already been many accounts written by unpaid eyewitnesses, not by paid reputation polishers. Look at verse three. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you. He's talking to his friend here. Most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know, look at this, the certainty of the things you have been taught, like the birth of Jesus. So Luke says to his friend, to his buddy, I've researched the facts, I've spoken to the eyewitnesses because people need to know what really happened so that they could know this is all true. So, so, so if you're, you're a skeptic tonight about all of this, listen, I get it. Luke gets it. He's your guy. He's talking to you. But you know, you know, I think more and more today, People aren't asking, my opinion, if this is true as much as, is it good? Is it good? Is the message of Jesus good for our nation? Is the Christian faith good for the country, for my family, uh, for my children, for my marriage, for my neighbors? Is Christianity, is the message of Jesus good news for the world? Even if it's true news, which it is, by the way, is it good news? And once again, Luke is trying to speak to you, speak to me and say, not only is it all true. Oh, he's trying to say, it's all good. The angel appears to the shepherds and says to them, the night Jesus of Nazareth is born. And the angel says this, remember we, we said, we saw this already. The angel says to them, I bring you what? Good news that will cause great joy for all the people, and because the shepherds were people who were looked down on, and because they were human when they heard the angel said he's got good news for them and for all people. You know, the shepherds, of course, they, they leaned in because people lean in to good news even before they know it's true. And God says here, I've got good news for everyone, for you and for you and for you. And so hopefully right now, hopefully maybe you're, you're leaning in. You're, so there's a kind of a good news, maybe you're leaning in, I hope so. So what if I told you that God had good news for you tonight, this afternoon? That God had good news for all people, all people, like really good news. Hmm? You say, all right. Well, what kind of good news does God have for all people? Now, if you're like most Americans, you know, there's this little movie studio called Marvel. Little, they keep making movies and they keep making shows about a certain type of person. And there's this little franchise that's got some kind of show out now about, you know, wars in the stars. Maybe you've heard of it. And they keep making movies and shows about a certain type of person. And the person, the hero usually always has some kind of what? Some kind of power, some kind of supernatural, not human, but supernatural power. And this person always does some kind of what? Come on, rescuing, right? 
saving, restoring, delivering. The point is the biggest movies in the world are always, there have been, bar none, the biggest movies in the world, bar none, are about saviors about saviors. Now, critics, maybe you've noticed this, you know, uh, you've seen this in the news, sophisticated critics uh, and elite filmmakers of cinema, film, art. They hate these movies. And recently there was like this, another round of this, another round of big time critics and director, directors who say, man, the Marvel movies are not art. They're just wish fulfillment and they ultimately don't matter. And listen, I'm not here to debate whether they're good or not whether you should like them or not, whether you should see them or not or anything like that, all I'm saying is this. Critics who say that, that they're not, they're just wishful for them, uh, that they're not art. The critics who say this miss the point. They miss the point. They miss the point of the key reason why movies like this keep being successful and will be successful because it's not because of good special effects. It's because of the good story. The good story. It's because they're all about, these films are all about at their core, all about a savior, all about a rescuer. They speak to something that we know deep down is true, even while we may deny it up top. So when the angel says, I've got good news for you, do you know that's exactly the kind of good story that he says God wants to tell? Here's what the good news is now for all people. The angel goes on, he says, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So the angel says, there is a savior. There is a rescuer. I've come to tell you good news, a good story about a rescue, about a savior, about a rescue story. So you got to ask, of course, if Jesus is a rescuer, if this is what the angel is saying, what does he rescue from? If this is supposed to be good news, a good rescue story, what's the savior going to save or rescue people from? What's he come to rescue you from? Well, someone named Matthew, he he was a contemporary of Luke. He was another one that Jesus had rescued. Matthew wrote this in another one of those many accounts. Matthew writes that another angel, yeah, had said this to Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, right before Jesus was born. Angel tell Joseph, you're to give him the name Jesus, that means salvation, because he will save his people from their sins. And there it is. He's a different kind of savior for a different kind of rescue. And right here, oh, he got real quiet. Yeah, here's where people can get really offended. Maybe you're offended, but let's not get real offended. Hang on, before we get real honest for just a moment, hear me. While I believe that the God of the Bible has a moral standard and is in a way offended by sin, and he cares deeply about it, otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it. I'm not sure sin hurts him as much personally as it hurts him that sin hurts people. Sin hurts people, right? Most of the teaching Jesus ever did on sin was way more focused on how what people do hurts each other. See, he talked about how we treat each other terribly at times, how we don't love one another and how God hates that. So before we're offended by this, I'd just like to be honest about this. How many of us have hurt other people? Two hands up here, all right. We'll hurt other people, yeah, been selfish toward other people, even toward the people we claim to love. The Bible says, well, that's, that's sin. We don't even measure up to our own standard of goodness. 
let alone God's standard. So right here, right here, in this whole conversation about sin, here's where the Jesus story or the good news, what Christians call the gospel, it's the same word in the Greek, by the way. It's good news for all people. Because I think, I think all people, when it comes to this whole saving from sin stuff, all people can be divided into two kinds of people. And I think the gospel is good news for both. There is good news for the people on one hand who are willing to be honest, who are willing to be honest about who they are. And the Jesus story is good news for them because they know they need a savior. It resonates with what they know deepest about themselves and about humanity. They recognize that if there is a God that on their own, they're just far from him. They recognize they aren't just good. Dr. Jekyll, if you know the story, there's a little Mr. Hyde in there too. And there are the people who aren't willing to be honest for whatever reason about who they are down deep. There are those who won't admit they need a savior, who say they're fine just as they are, who say people are fine as they are, even when the totality of human existence screams just the opposite. But I want to tell you that the Jesus story, the gospel, is good news for them too. Because Jesus didn't come for the good. Oh, he came for the bad, every kind of bad. He came for honest sinners and for dishonest sinners. For those who will admit they need a savior and those who won't admit they need a savior. God loves everyone, even if everyone doesn't love him. And I want you to hear me tonight. Maybe you've never heard this before. God loves you, even if you don't love him. I remember being 18 years old, 18 years old, far from God, not really doubting he was real, but having no real desire to follow him. I went to church because my parents made me. Some of you are agreeing with that right now. On the inside, there were two things in me, 18 years old, senior in high school, that they were in conflict. Number one, I knew I was a moral wreck by 18. And number two, though, I knew I didn't want to be honest about it. I thought I was fine on my own. But I remember being 18 years old on Christmas night. Christmas night, everybody had gone to bed. I looked across on the sofa, the fire's over there. Christmas night, everybody had gone to bed. All the presents had been unwrapped. I looked over and there was a book in that living room. It was a book, it was a story, an illustrated children's story about the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. I remember looking over and feeling compelled to go over and to pick it up. And I picked it up and I opened it up and I read it. And the beauty of the story the beauty of who Jesus was and what he had done, the beauty of it struck my heart. And I began to weep on that sofa all alone. I began to weep at how far I had come from God, how far I'd gone from God, but I knew in that moment he still loved me no matter what I had done. I knew in spite of my even dishonesty about who I was, that there was still hope for me. I knew God loved me. And soon after that, I began to follow Jesus. See, I learned that night, the gospel was good news, even for people like me. If you're here tonight, if you're in that camp, you're the kind of person who's still fighting uh, yourself deep down and deep down, you say, I'm fine. This Jesus thing was fine when I was a kid or it was fine for my friend or fine for my parent or whatever. Listen, I want to tell you, I've got something to say to you. Here's what it is. Unto you there is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
He came so that you could experience the joy of the good news of God, that the gospel is for all people, that there is a God. He is real. He loves you. And if you don't love him, he's good even when we're not. He's merciful even when we won't be. And he wants you to know that. And even more, he wants you to follow him because our lives are better we follow Jesus. And he's proven this by sending himself on Christmas into the world, being born as a human, living, teaching, healing, one day dying, and then being resurrected in front of all those eyewitnesses Luke talked about so that you could know there's one savior for all people. He was born and he came on Christmas for you, for you, and for you, and for you. And I think, I think, that is good news of great joy for all people. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.